Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Tom Clifford for Practical Social Media. How can you use social media marketing for your business, community group, or nonprofit? Today's show features Tom Jacoby of Number One on the List, Andy Levine of Keller Williams Realty, Jean Madrid, a certified professional midwife, and myself, Tom Clifford at TC and Company, and volunteer for New Hyde Park Museum Media Productions. Hi, this is Mildred Tassoni, and welcome to Practical Social Media. Thank you, Mildred, for inviting me here today. And uh, thank you, Tom Clifford. Okay, always a pleasure to be associated with you. So here's the scoop. Google has decided that bad links are unnatural. They're spam links. They're left on blogs, forums, article directories. Okay, and those, along with links that have been paid for, are bad links. Okay, good links are links from social media accounts from established online magazines or third-party blogs that the person in question contributes to. When a person provides the subject matter of the articles, and those articles are relevant to your online business, that's the good stuff. Now, a big help is if you have Google Author Rank, which uh, indicates that you are an employee, a reliable writer who produces high-quality content. And this is kind of key. Google Author Authorship is one easy way for Google to tell the difference between the good links and the bad links. All right, the good links with Google authorship with uh, the tag so that you get the little picture that shows up when your stuff is being displayed, right? Those are good links as opposed to the bad links, which are, you know, these paid links, not to include any Google paid links, I might add, but paid links are considered to not be desirable. And the idea is that paid advertising is not a desirable user experience, right? A desirable user experience is, is you get relevant information about exactly the topic you're searching for, that it's as complete as possible, that it's as up-to-date as possible, and it's original. It's fresh. It's natural. It's not Oh, spun 8,000 times all over the Internet. It's new and it's right on topic, okay? By establishing a system of trusted authors, of people who want their names associated with their writings, by establishing a system to do that, Google now has a quick and easy way of separating the wheat from the chaff, of telling the good content from the not a so hot content. Uh, that's one of, the, one of the things behind Google authorship and why it's a benefit. All right, so if you want to look into how to create this, you go to your Google Plus profile, you go to your About page, and you want to edit that. You want to add all the, the home pages of the websites or blogs that you contribute to in the Contribute To section of your About page on your Google Plus profile. You add all of those, okay? At the end of all of these posts you've contributed, you include a, your signature. Now, your signature gets linked to your Google Plus profile with the following code, okay? It's https colon slash slash plus dot google dot com slash, that's your name here, slash question mark rel, R-E-L equals author. You know what? If, if you didn't get any of that, that's no problem. 
send me an email. I'll be happy to give you the code, all right? All right. The point is that your full name needs to appear exactly the same on your Google profile as it does in your rel equals author link, okay? Those need to be the same. A lot of this may or may not be necessary. You want to have a good headshot on your Google profile. You want to use all the, the Google author authorship link, you know, as much as possible and make that part of your signature at the end of your posts, okay? Th that's all good stuff, but Google is starting to do this automatically, which is for you, so that's always good. Now, one of the benefits of this is when you post something and it shows up in search results, there's that little headshot next to there, right? So your headshot and the fact that you're a quality producer of content, according to the Google authorship scheme, you're a quality producer of content. So the headshot plus that is supposed to increase your click-through from search results by 30 to 150%. The jury is still out on this, but that's, that's what we're looking for, is an increased click-through, okay, which is all good. Plus, you get the cool-looking little picture, you know, and, and people do like that. That's part of the appeal of YouTube videos. It shows up in search result as a little screenshot, and this is a desirable situation, okay? All right, so that's just a couple of minutes. I don't want to cut into Mildred's time or Tom's time. Sorry for not being with you live and in person today, but, uh, you know, here we are. Here's a little bit of stuff about Google authorship, and I'm happy to continue this conversation anytime you want. Tom? Number one on the list dot com. Email is Tom the at sign number one on the list dot com. Okay, so there's my website and my email. Hope to talk to you soon. Thank you. Hey, thanks, Tom. Up next we have Andy Levine who has some interesting insights on how she has incorporated social media into her real estate business, from pricing a home to shorter selling cycles. This is Andy Levine. I'm with Keller Williams Realty. I handle Nassau County and Long Island. Um, I've been working in real estate for 40 years, and I look forward to helping you find or sell your home. You know, Andy, um, it's funny. I know it may sound a little silly, but uh, w watching Seinfeld one episode, George was trying to get into a co-op, and he had to go in front of the board. And it's funny that he could have had all his credentials and all the technical stuff all taken care of, but he had to pass the muster on that board. And is that kind of what goes on with co-ops? Well, actually, that's definitely a factor when purchasing a co-op, which is possibly one reason a lot of people won't even consider co-ops, getting in front of the co-op commandos. When purchasing a co-op, you're purchasing shares in a corporation, and you'll get a proprietary lease instead of a deed. Um, and you must fill out and submit an application including reference letters and extensive personal financial information to this board of directors. Um, and then they have, they have the opportunity to either approve or disapprove you to purchase the property. And that's a reason that a lot of people won't even consider a co-op. Um, for somebody like a Seinfeld, they might think he's too famous and would bring a lot of attention to the building and thus mm, could be turned down. They feel that the price is below a certain benchmark and will bring down the other units in the building. They can turn you down for that as well. And the problem is, is that there's no accountability. They don't have to tell you why they're turning you down. They really kind of monitor anybody who's going to be in their building, which is one of the reasons they typically don't allow uh, their units to be rented and they don't allow tenants. Sometimes they give you a small window where you can rent, but that's another issue. 
and a lot of people don't purchase co-ops because they feel if they've grown out of it and they want to keep it and move on to something else and keep it as an investment, they can't do that because they can't rent their apartments. So if the market turns down at that time and it's harder to sell, they're stuck paying these high maintenances to carry the apartment until it gets sold or until the market has a turnaround. There are a lot of handicaps to a co-op, yet the space is usually larger than a comparable condo because they have these issues. So in addition to which they pay one maintenance, which includes their taxes, as opposed to a condo, which has a separate tax and then common charges to maintain the building. Andy, on your website, you'll have a, a download with the 12 steps to buying a condo or co-op. Yes. So um, it outlines it, so we'll have a link for you to that. Right. Okay. Would you like to talk some about the changes you've made in your real estate business to accommodate this, the new mobile and tablet focus? All right. Well, in my world, I've implemented all the latest tools and technology necessary to market and sell a property. The successful agents cannot sit back on their laurels, put a home on the multiple listing service, put their hands together, and pray that another agent or someone that walks into an open house will either buy or sell the property at the best possible price in the shortest amount of time and with the least amount of stress to the homeowner. Selling real estate today involves learning all the tools of social media to create SEO. For anybody who doesn't know what SEO is, it's known as search engine optimization. This means bringing your listing to the top position of a Google search. Because most people, when they go to search for something on Google, they go to one page, page number one, and they don't go any further than that. This is a totally different field than selling real estate. This is marketing the property to be sold. And the property, the proper utilization of Facebook, Craigslist, LinkedIn, blogs, and Pinterest are just some of the ways to accomplish this. I think you've done uh, an effective Pinterest board. Well, I try to put information on open houses that are occurring, on the areas that they're occurring in, what's happening in the areas, um, giving people as much information to make qualified decision when they decide to purchase a home. I was going to ask a quick segue question here, uh, something Mildred and I had talked about, Instagram. You think that might be a proponent in selling real estate in the future or now? Um, Anything that gets out to the public in a quick fashion is going to be advantageous to a seller and a purchaser. So I think absolutely that will have some kind of an effect on on selling properties. Um, I mean, I use e-property sites as an avenue to promote a home which creates a single uh, site per listing. And that links to share also the information on social media, including the mobile sites, uh, such as the smartphones. Um, In addition, there's a QR code which is provided to get to the site. So it's just about almost right in your pocket. So it's hard not to find out as much as you can. And the lead capture, which is contacting the person who has shown an interest, is, is crucial in order to convert this lead over. So having somebody just click on it and not being able to speak with that person isn't accomplishing what has to be accomplished. So that's a a very integral part of this whole thing. And another tool that I use in pricing a listing is is something called geodata, 
And that's an application that's used by appraisers to appraise a home for the lender. It compares things from a house that's been sold to the house that you're the subject property, such as the gross living area, the property size, the amount of bedrooms and bathrooms. And then it takes these and it makes the proper adjustments and comes up with the proper CMA, which is the current market analysis of the subject property. So having this information at your fingertips makes it much easier to properly price a home. And and if you price it right, the quicker it sells. I mean, it's such exactly. a key component. And that way, you having that information takes guesswork out of it. It's pure numbers. So... Um, yes, it's very helpful, and once the appraisers come, if the price is much too high, it's hard to get a mortgage. So that's another factor in, in pricing a home properly. But another factor um, with the Internet is making sure that your home is staged prior to putting it on the market. Because once again, you can't make a first impression twice, and once you see photos of something, if they have unmade beds and rooms that have lots of clutter, it doesn't show well and people don't even bother to come to see it. You should be taking professional floor uh, floor plans, professional photos, virtual tours, um, and always for the the buyer to inspect the property prior to going out looking, and they'll eliminate a lot of properties that they have no interest in. That basically cuts the process of home searching down as it used to be. People would look at 100 houses before they could pick one, and today you can get away with sometimes 10% of that. I remember earlier when we were talking, you had said something to the effect of moving pods, right? People might want to take advantage of them just to get the clutter out. Right. They can use a pod. They can go to a storage center. Sometimes you get the first month for free. Um, Just to get your house as clutter-free as possible is is huge because people picture themselves in this home and when they see all this clutter they can't picture themselves in it and that will deter them from making an offer. What about selling, the selling process? Well, in today's world the sellers are facing a lot of scrutiny from lenders who are looking to make sure that the property in order to secure a loan is free and clear of encumbrances and has all the municipal approvals on it. So some of the items that are not acceptable are open permits, a lack of certificate of occupancy, um, not having the proper egress from a finished basement, um, not having variances where they're necessary. So all these things are things that sellers have to do in order to get their property sold. And if it's not done prior to them listing the house, it could hold up the, the whole process for months and months, even a year or more. So that's something that you should be making sure you're broker goes and checks in the town to make sure that that all of this is in order. Okay. What about any advice for a new agent? Okay. For a new agent, I would give the same advice as for an experienced agent who forgets to do some things that they should be doing. Know your inventory. In order to help somebody make an offer on a property, you have to know what was sold and what that had. And typically the banks go back six months. Um, for appraisal, so you should at least know six months back. You should be communicating with your buyers, with your sellers, with any cooperating agent. If you have an interest in something, you should get back to the seller's agent and say, my customer is thinking about it. Please let me know if there's anything going on before you accept something. Um, You should be putting your offers in writing. You should be pre-qualifying your buyers, meaning 
having them meet with a mortgage lender in order to put them in a better position when they make an offer. Um, and they really have to learn how to use the Internet, to communicate on the Internet, to market on the Internet, um, and to use it as a great um, channel for their business. And if you ask me what is the advice for an experienced agent, I would say the same thing. Uh-huh. Absolutely the same thing, but the key to everything is communicate, communicate, communicate. Uh-huh. Okay, well, thank you very much. Um, your Pinterest is uh, pinterest.com slash Andy Levine uh, team. Same thing, your website, andylevineteam.com. And we'll have uh, handouts and links to all your social sites and blogs, and then people can go there. It will also be on our Pinterest. So. Thank you so much. Next up are Jean Madrid and Mildred Chassoni. My name is Jean Madrid. My husband and I live in Oklahoma. Uh, I've been a midwife for many years, and I currently still have my uh, certification as a certified professional midwife. Currently, I'm not practicing because my husband is on a, a waiting list for a for transplant. Uh, I'm acting as the fundraiser coordinator to help use social media and all different media, whether it's email, marketing, whatever, to uh, help not only fundraise but provide information on transplants, hepatitis B. So we've been working on that and learning about hepatitis B. So why don't you start off, just tell us how Mark got it, if you would, and then the first thing we've been looking at this past week or so is hepatitis C and testing. To begin with, he found out that he had hepatitis C in 2006. There was a, uh, a doctor who was a pulmonologist doctor because Mark was having some difficulties, uh, uh, experiencing shortness of breath. So he, he went ahead and he tested, and sure enough, he came back positive hepatitis C. So we, we can only speculate how Mark uh, was with the hepatitis C virus, and it most likely was uh, from 1967. He was in a motorcycle accident, and uh, his right leg from below the knee was amputated. At that time, he received 45 units of blood. In 1967, the uh, blood for blood transfusions was not tested for bloodborne pathogens, and hepatitis C being one, hepatitis B would be another one, and HIV would be another one. Uh, I like to say we can only uh, speculate that's where he received it because there's other ways that you can uh, come in contact with the, uh, the virus. You know, he received blood at another time in, uh, I think it was 1983. That was before the blood uh, was being tested for bloodborne pathogens also. But nowadays there are treatments for hepatitis C, that's why it's good to know you have it because then you can address how to deal with it. So as as we've been working and what we've been doing is using social media and general media, but Pinterest boards, uh, Facebook, start next will be more into Google. So what we've been trying to do is put information there and make it easy for people to learn about become an organ donor. Uh, dispel some of the myths that, oh, people won't work to save you if you're a, a donor. That's one of the first myths that come to mind. And along with that, we think everyone should get tested in the boomer area. Then that becomes the whole issue of 
medical privacy and how you do it. So, Jean, why don't you describe what you did and how you came to that conclusion? I decided to uh, go with a uh, nonprofit organization called HealthPro.com. I found them through the CDC. I wasn't ready to be tested then, but I was just checking it out and, uh, to see what they had to offer. Uh, so, you know, I thought about it for a while, and I did some uh, a little bit of searching myself as a midwife. I have a lab account, uh, and I, I checked, and uh, it would have cost me almost twice as much even having my own account to do a hepatitis C antibody test. So the, uh, the healthpro.com, they're actually in conjunction with some other nonprofit organizations, uh, so they're all working together, and they're able to uh, give you a discount code, and the test costs $42.40, which is a very reasonable price. It's private. Uh, I, I finally uh, see, oh, first they walk you through, the counselor walked me, walked me through how to, uh, where to enter the information that was needed, and I did that. And I used my credit card. It's that simple. The, the reason that another thing to consider, uh, that I did consider, was going to my primary doctor. I, I'm 66, so I do have Medicare, but the only thing with Medicare is uh, that they don't necessarily cover it. So if I would have gone to the doctor and uh, had her do my lab work, it probably would have cost me a lot more than $42.40. <laughs> Another way that uh, if anybody's donated blood, say to the Red Cross, the Red Cross will let you know if you had blood-borne pathogens in your blood, you would be notified. So, you know, keep that in mind, too. Well, thanks, everyone. It's been a pleasure speaking with all of you, and we look forward to the next time. Welcome to Practical Social Media, where we have a panel of experts discuss some of the latest trends in business technology and how to make real use of it in their business or nonprofits. This is Mildred Tassoni. And this is Practical Social Media. And this evening, we have a special guest from Constant Contact. Denny Darty is the account manager for the Solution Provider Program. And he's here to answer questions and talk about some of the features and how they can help nonprofits, small business, and help them with their social media. So, hi, Denny. How are you? Mildred, how you doing? Thanks for having me on the show today. Nice to talk to you. You mentioned when I first brought it up to you that you had done radio in Boston, I believe. Yes, yes, yes. I uh, did uh, some rock and roll radio for many years. That was my passion. Ah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And, and uh, you know, I, I went from talking about Led Zeppelin over to email marketing, so it was an easy exchange, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's one reason why I love blog talk radio. I, I love Constant Contact, and I love blog talk radio because tremendous, reach of it and and so affordable and so powerful. So uh, what we'd like to start off with, uh, we're waiting for Tom Clifford and Maria Clifford to join us. Why don't you give us an overview of some of your latest programs because I'm part of your solutions provider team. So I'm aware of the social media things that you have and the event management. Aside from just email. Yeah, so in, in, you know, I've been with Constant Contact over five years now, and just like you said, Mildred, I'm your, your account manager here in the solution provider team, which is essentially a reseller team um, that, uh, you know, 
provides services for their clients and, and of course, grows their business. That's what, of course, Mildred does and uh, work with a couple thousand partners at Constant Contact. So it's, it's a great job. And I started in direct sales working with the uh, end user, of course, the folks that are, you know, uh, the, the B2Cs, the B2Bs, the nonprofits, you know, of course, sending out their emails. And, you know, so for me to grow into the into where I am now, you know, I've seen Constant Contact grow, you know, and, and Constant Contact really was established in the late 90s. You know, the wives' tale was that it was started in an attic, and of course, this is not a good time of year being in an attic, so of course, they moved out in the early 2000s. They really uh, became, an, uh, you know, the industry leader, you know, in an email and engagement marketing. Um, but the product that really started us off, of course, was email marketing. And email marketing in the 2000s was really a, sort of the Wild West of, of, you know, how do I do it, how do I do it properly, and then... You know, Constant Contact, of course, became the leader because we understood the can spam laws that were enacted and we abide by those rules. And we started with email. So email is really the foundation. You know, email is really the key when you think about email marketing, of course, in general, or engagement marketing is really the, the full picture. Um, you know, email marketing with Constant Contact is you have over 450 professional templates to use, you know, as a small business. It's, it's critical, of course, to be reaching out to your audience, you know, keeping them engaged in what you're doing on a daily basis, of course, weekly, monthly. Um, but it's really that, that uh, Constant Contact has this 98% deliverability rate just from being in the industry so long. The ability to create, send, and track this email tracking as in, you know, you're finding out who opened your emails, who forwarded them, who clicked on any links in there. So email really was the, was the big dog and, and is really a, a great product. Along came survey, exactly what it sounds like. It's an online survey, a way to get feedback from your clients, you know, especially if you're a restaurant. You know, what, what are you doing good? What can you do better? Find out from the folks that are coming into, you know, that restaurant. What's the day of the week that, you know, maybe they, they would like to see a discount, you know, things like that. So feedback's great. Survey tool's fantastic. Event you had touched on a little bit there, Mildred, where event marketing or event spot, of course, is what it's called. It's a registration tool, and a lot of nonprofits will use that. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, any folks that are, of course, running events, you know, this is professional-looking, customized invitations, you know, really matching your branding, which is key. And this is online registration 24-7, real-time reporting, and, and, you know, really, you know, getting that payment through. So it, it really saves you time, of course. The last one I'll touch on is social campaigns, one of our newer products. You know, Facebook is, is really a, a big player out there, of course. And if you're a small business, medium-sized, nonprofit, you know, they're all really in the game of, of, of getting their information on Facebook. So what we uh, developed is really a product that you can offer in exchange for a Facebook business page like. So essentially, you know, it'll give you five free pizzas at 50% off, and, you know, if you like our page, and then, of course, there's the reveal. So it's essentially, you know, same thing for a nonprofit may use it uh, to offer, you know, uh, donations or, or ways to get new folks on board. So it's, it's, it's a really good little product. Um, you know, you can run unlimited campaigns. You can, of course, send it out through your email or, or your social platform. So that's sort of the nutshell version of, of what Constant Contact has to offer. Right, which I really don't think a lot of people realize the scope of it. So, um, Tom, I see you've joined us. Yes, good evening, uh, Denny, and good yes. evening, Mildred. Is Maria there with you? She is. Yes, I am. Here oh, I good. am. Oh, good. Hi. I, I briefly introduced you. Yes. Um, Maria Clifford is here. She is a, a registered diagnostic medical sonographer, but she is also a laughter yoga leader. And we've invited her tonight because she's just starting to develop her laughter yoga practice. 
Tom Clifford is our international voiceover artist, also our editor and co-host on Practical Social Media. We're glad you guys are here. And so, Danny, why don't you talk about, we were going to talk about the nonprofit first, a little bit of how you can use it, and then we'll, we'll ask you questions as you go along. Sure, sure. And, you know, nonprofits are a big part of, of Constant Contact, and, and we're definitely proud of that. I think it's one of those things where the key thing is right off the bat is the highest discounts that we offer are for nonprofits, you know, 30% off a year uh, prepay or 20% off six months. So we really want to give that deep discount, especially to the folks that, you know, um, could use that savings, of course. But the, the, the three products really I focused on that they use that, that – um, nonprofits use the most would be email marketing of course really you know email marketing is really a way for nonprofits to connect and engage with existing supporters attract new supporters you know update their audience on the latest happenings with the organization and, and really events that are coming up and I think really the keys uh, to success for nonprofits that are currently using constant contact is really you know that professional looking newsletter you know especially if they're sending out through Outlook or, or sort of any free service you know you want that professional look and feel um, the focused share emails essentially you know if you get the word out there to your audience as a nonprofit you want them to push that out further for you know more more donations more supporters of course sending specific information about how donations were used I've seen that as a, as a success for a lot of them donation of volunteer buttons within the email itself uh, links to their website and social media um, really sending targeted emails to a specific audience is, is, is a key for, for email marketing specifically for uh, nonprofits EventSpot, of course, is the registration tool. So we know nonprofits, of course, hold events all the time. So it makes it easy for them to promote, manage uh, their fundraisers, you know, programs. They've got workshops and seminars. You know, it's really a start-to-finish, you know, product for them. You know, if they're not using a, a tool like that, an on online tool, they're spending hours, you know, maybe using Excel or using uh, or getting phone calls about events, and it can be pretty manual. So this is a major time saver where they're setting up these RSVPs, tracking responses, um, so they can focus on their events and not kind of do that manual back-end stuff. So, um, of course, collecting payments and donations right through the event invitation itself. Now, understanding who's going to be attending the event well before so they can plan on the room size, catering, and whatnot. So the normal things that, of course, nonprofits do. The social campaigns product is really the last one I'd kind of point out that I see most of our nonprofits using where it makes it easy for them to promote their cause on Facebook through fan-exclusive videos, uh, downloadable articles, donation drives, you know, promote their, their campaigns in the email, of course, to their email lists and social networks. And it's really about engaging their existing audience and attracting new supporters. That's really the key in the end. Um, and it makes it very easy with our products. Ideas I've seen is, you know, Facebook campaign with a video that encourages folks to like the page and donate. Uh, an actual page right on Facebook for fans that showed upcoming fundraising events, you know, things like that. Um, I mean, that's, that's really sort of the, the focus on, you know, nonprofits using constant contact. You know, those, th those three there I think really are, are the keys to, to helping a nonprofit. I have a friend of mine who needs Mark Madrid, who needs a liver transplant, and so Jean has been on the show, and we're trying to promote the information. He's had uh, he had a blood transfusion where he got hepatitis C, and every baby boomer should be tested, which I had no idea until you know I got involved with the whole thing. So we've used the templates, the newsletter templates. Then the archiving feature, so I do a, a newsletter, 
but then we can archive it so that it has that information on it. So it's not just one email. It goes, and so you do it once, and it can go on the Facebook page, the link. And it can be so we can point it at, to, uh, for other uses, Twitter, um, Pinterest, so that it, it helps us provide information, just not writing a newsletter. Um, and That's a good point, Mildred. It, you, you, you touched on the simple share feature where... If you mm-hmm. think about, you know, being any B2C, B2B nonprofit, you know, if it, it you know, creating content sometimes can be time consuming and tough and you know, to create that email just like you said and okay, content's done, I've filled it up, I, I love the info that's in there. Now let's send this off to our audience, our email list, but also the social share feature within constant contact, you can choose to then, you know, hit these different social media platforms. So it's it's in one push of the button that information is going as a link onto Facebook, onto Twitter, onto LinkedIn, but also to your email list. So it saves you time, too, because right. you're hitting all these different platforms. Yep. And, and when you're, especially when you're, you're volunteering for a cause, you're not getting paid a lot of times, you know? <laughs> and, so, and you only have so much time, and you want to do a good job. I, I would like to comment on the templates that you've got for your nonprofits. You've really come up with some good nonprofit templates and the design of them and and the mobile templates too. Very useful. So you're not you're doing the back end work so that you can just concentrate on using them. Um and I and I think that's huge. I, I think uh as far as the nonprofits using I use the events for events to get it's it's invaluable being able to know who opened your email, who didn't. So then and then you have very easy uh, ways to send an email to the people who didn't open your email. Send a different email easily to the people who have opened it. Said they're coming. You know. So you take all of the back end out of it so that you can focus on the event. Um, another thing about the email, and this is one thing that I fell in love with, constant contact, right from the beginning, you know who opens. You can tell you're not guessing. So many email systems, you send it out there and you don't have a clue. You don't know if it bounced. You don't know why. You don't know what they looked at. So you can't judge what they clicked on. And um, so it's, I think that's key. I know there's other, you know, other programs that do do that, but yours, I really, I, it does an excellent job. You can tell how many times, so much information you get from that. Um, Tom, do you have any comments? No, just for point? just for just what whizzed by my uh, by my brain for a second was the fact that constant contact actually has a nice cachet to it when you get an email that's a constant contact. I'm not just saying this, Denny, because you're on the phone, but it, it separates it from some of the lesser professional types, and it's, you know, all right, maybe it's worth reading. The content, of course, is important, but, you know, you're already ahead of the game as far as uh, initiating an image to the potential 
Yeah, it's a well-known product, and, and no, that's that's great. We appreciate it. I think it's it, we work really hard, you know, in the industry. You know, we're we're a certified bulk mailer. We've been in the in in the industry for a long time. Of course, the leaders, you know, right now, and and I think it's become it's one of the top twenty-five brands. You know, I think it's one of those things where you trust it coming from Constant Contact because right. what mm-hmm. we do on the back end it's is familiar. really make sure you know folks aren't spamming. You know, so we abide by the laws. We don't allow rented or purchase lists. So you know that we sort of weed those folks out, and we make sure that. Uh, if you're receiving an email, it should be from somebody you know, of course, and not some sort of spam. And, and uh, but no, we appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, no, and it, it's something that I think it's a tool that that people can certainly justify. You know, six ways to midnight. That uh, again, for the image and the ease, and of course the the analytics uh, are, are are terrific. Like Mildred was saying, it really is the age that you can't say you didn't see something when in fact, you know, you get it. I not only can tell you that you saw it, I can tell you when you saw it. And if you <laughs> share it, you clicked on. <laughs> and it's like humming, 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 oh, really? Uh-oh. <laughs> so uh, my wife and I were particularly interested. I'm sure if you have a donate button, um, uh, we'd be getting into videos and whatnot with sharing and uh, with our YouTubes and Facebooks uh, links. There's a You can certainly uh, put a video button on the uh, – on a constant contact, right? Correct. Something yep, that, yep. you know, because yep, everything yeah, is clickable so, nowadays. Yeah, so it's not actually embedded within the email because that can have deliverability issues, but it, it, essentially it's a screenshot, right, within the, uh, the email itself. It'll link them to YouTube and other sort of uh, video playing platforms. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Get the SEO going. And, uh, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yep. yeah. The, the, what Mildred was talking about earlier, too, um, when you archive your emails, that's where you get the SEO. That's where you get, you know, a constant contact searches and whatnot, and, and your organization can get searched out through Google and whatnot. So, yep. I have noticed on Facebook, and I don't know if it's just a, a matter of people not knowing what they're doing, uh, seeing that some of the images, the thumbnails perhaps, of a constant contact uh, that they're trying to post on Facebook doesn't appear. The text will, and the link will be workable, but it's blank. Hmm. That's something they're not doing right, or is it a constant contact issue, you think, on Facebook, proprietary perhaps? That's a great question. I mean, usually uh, I'll default to my tech support folks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, honestly, I, I couldn't tell you exactly why that happens. But, yeah, you know, it's usually where I can say, you know what, I can get you over to tech support. They'll take care of you. <laughs> and actually, that's, I had just written that down as support. That's another thing. Correct. That, no, your support is really good. I don't know. Um, do you guys give them a lot of training? Because it sounds like it to me. The, su- I mean, the support folks are award-winning. They're they're phenomenal. Yeah. Um, you know, we have a suite of products that really, you know, we've before our support folks were all sort of jack of all trades. Now we've really focused in on. You know, if if a customer comes in and they have a very specific question about a specific product, there's a group of folks that are highly trained in that, so they're not sort of guessing. These, the, yeah, the customer support of one Stevie, uh, Stevie Awards, uh, really, really a phenomenal group. And the key too is, you know, a lot of our competitors out there don't have that. So, the, you know, they'll have sort of email support or this or that, but with constant contact at seven days a week, you can get somebody on the phone. And if you're B2C, once again, going through all the different, um, you know, industries. You're going to get a live person on the phone that's going to walk you through the process, answer your questions, and that's that's invaluable, especially if you're you're a business that needs to you got to hit a deadline because that, you know return on investment with email marketing is forty to one. So every one dollar spent, you're getting forty dollars back, and then more. And you know that was sort of the average of of last year. And my manager before he worked at Constant Contact actually had a job where he said, you know what, Danny, every time I sent an email, I could guarantee $2,000. And, and, it, and it was one of those amazing things. And he said the support was really what, you know, 
just made it flawless for them. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's very important. And and uh, it's interesting. Um, we we'll on our uh, <clears throat> our blog talk radio Facebook page on our Pinterest. We'll be sending out an email. So we'll have some specials. But we're working on trying out the sweepstakes. Um, and how I usually test things. Uh, not only do we have Mark uh, Madrid with the um, hepatitis C, that whole fundraising and information. We work with the uh, Belmont Child Care Association uh, that help the backstretch workers here at Belmont. And Belmont Racetrack is right here in Floral Park. And, um, oh, I forgot where I was going with that. Where was I going with that? Senior moment, huh? Oh, so the sweepstakes, yeah. So how, before I, you know, we test things out. So Tom and I were going to, and I had I had two sweepstakes up there, but I didn't have them quite right. It was first pass. And um, we'll have a video, we'll do a video for the people that sign up for our sweepstakes. So we're going to have all of that so that once we perfect the quickest way to do it and the most useful, because, you know, one size doesn't fit all. And the, and the whole, you're, you have the options to sell products, and you've got sweepstakes and offers and things like that. So we're, we'll have a, an offer for that as well up there. But um, I really think it's easy. It's, it's relatively easy to, to, to put it together, and you had great support. I called. I got the right people and answered my question because I don't mind – you know, blundering on through a little bit, but then it reaches to a point where, again, if you're not getting paid to do something and you're volunteering your time, you don't have that, you can't, you don't want to waste your volunteer time. And, well, as they say, uh, and you I, know, Mildred, time is money. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. key thing with support, and especially nothing worse than having something being frustrating. You know, you know, in the end, you want to get it out. You have a certain amount of time. And, you know, to pick up that phone and really get the answer is, is major. It's very, very, I, very key I, thing. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Um, Could I Maria, in here so, for just a minute? Yeah, yeah so I was going to say, <laughs> uh, just listening to that makes me even more comfortable with uh, even thinking about doing anything like this because, I mean, I'm I'm not ashamed to say I, I'm totally flummoxed with mostly everything that happens to me on a computer. And if Tom's not around, or I I I'll just shut the whole thing down and say, okay, tomorrow is another day, you know. <laughs> so it's uh it's nice to know that uh, that support is available even to you know an income poop <laughs> as long as they're patient and they you know they they can walk you through. Uh, that's that's good to know. We had you a question on the video, have, too, though. Yes. Okay, yes. go ahead. Specifically for what I, I would be planning on doing would be to be putting video up, uh, short videos of different laughter, yoga exercises as people do them, and or even, you know, uh, one-on-one. Uh, how easy is that to, to do? And, um, you know, the links and all that 
jazz that I really don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, no, that's that's a good question. Um, you know, video has become pretty straightforward with Constant Contact. So, you know, it all depends on where it's hosted. Uh, you know, we have multiple sites that, of course, that'll drop right into Constant Contact's editor, so it's a very user-friendly editor. Um, but, yeah, when you're talking about links or, you know, linking back to a, a video site or linking uh, to a website, it's it, it's it's very, very easy to do. I think it's one of those things where I, when I was in direct sales and I would walk folks through it, it's, you know, hey, this is exactly how you do it, and then you've, you've learned it once, and, and, and you know, you, you get it at that point. But, yeah, videos, you know, links uh, to, to specific articles. You know what's really key, too, is a best practice, especially for nonprofit folks, that maybe they have a lot to say. You know, maybe they're sending out an email once a month, and they've got a ton of information they want to let their supporters and, and folks know, is that there's, you know, you can, you can make a, an email newsletter a mile long, but who really has time to read that? Right. So there's a great little option that's essentially click here to read more. So you're, you're creating a hyperlink to your website where, of course, you know, ultimately you want folks to get to because there's a ton of information there. But the, if, if you maybe do about half a paragraph, a paragraph, and if they're interested and you, you have a hyperlink to read more on the website, you know, you're, you're saving them time. So if they really are interested, they're going to click and go back to the website. And you can see who clicked on that. So you can see actually who's interested in that specific story. So, okay. yeah, there's, there's little things in that in, within the templates that can really, you know, save the folks time that you send it to, but also, you know, see exactly who's interested in what in there. How, uh, if you were to invite people, let's say I were to invite people to a session, how fast does the answer come back? Is it an, an immediate response when as soon as they click yes, you get that? Do you mean the, the, the tracking of if they clicked on the link? No, in other words, if I were to send out an invita- a mass invitation or an invitation mm-hmm. along with the, with the, con- with the letter. I, I'm assuming you, know, you click on this, yes, I'm coming, no, I'm not coming. Is that how it works? Oh, oh! You mean the event registration? Yep, yep. Right, essentially, right. yep. It's 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 instant. Yeah, if, if somebody oh, clicks okay. on it, you can refresh within your constant contact account to see who's coming, who's not. You know, which is really key, especially for events. I mean, to understand right. that you've sent it to a thousand folks, but only fifty are coming, you're going to have to start to kind of change what hall you exactly. may choose, or you know, right, and so on. Right. Yep, yep. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, it really is a, a great thing to have. In your corner, you know. The one thing we didn't mention yeah. is, oh, I'm sorry, is, 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 and I think it's really vital, too, especially to really, uh, once again, going across the industries and, and, and is our join our mailing list, right? So join my mailing list is essentially a form that's free. It's part of Constant Contact. You would put it up on your website. And if you've been to any website, it says click here to sign up for our newsletter. So essentially you're building your list through your website. Right. So also at the same time, we've come out with other tools where you can, Put a join my mailing list on your Facebook page, on your Twitter page, uh, text to join. So right through the cell phone, if I'm standing in line at a pizza shop and it says text pizza to 2526, I can join their mailing list. Um, and we have a QR code to join, which is a sort of a scan to join. So think about that, these, all these different ways. Besides, you know, somebody's face-to-face telling you to go to their website, there's many other ways to build that list. Because that's what you want to do is any small businesses, build the folks that were receiving the emails from you. So just thought I'd throw that out there. Sorry. Sure. Thanks. No, that's Great. I find it almost to be a, sort of an industry uh, symmetry with the module from Constant Contact. It almost seems because they've been around for so long that other industries seem to borrow a little bit because it became very, very familiar. This is easy. It's not a big learning curve, in other words. And it's, it's, I feel like I'm at home a little bit. Even though it's another company, it's like there seems to be some similarities here. And that makes it very easy for somebody, again, that's a novice, that isn't familiar, user-friendly, which is one more for constant contact. <laughs> Why? Let's go buy one now. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
like to fool around with stuff, but at some point, I, if you do the research, you give me the best practices, I'll use it right away, you know, instead of trying to figure it out. And that's what you guys have done, an excellent job, really, as well, far as all the the pieces there, of, um, especially with the mobile stuff, because you don't, it automatically adjusts and it tells you, do not play with the size. Make it this size, then it works. Okay? So you yep. say, okay, fine. I, I also think that there's a lot of individual people. Now, you you came from more of a sales background, and I'm more of a technology evangelist. Uh, I'm a project manager. Sales doesn't come naturally to me. I, I think that it helps by having that professional look. It helps you so you can just put the content in, and you have excellent recommendations as well as far as, suggested content goes here. So it kind of helps you structure it from, you know, business people, they're more, you know, accustomed to things. But if you're an independent person, it gives you good guidelines so that they don't have to go study everything. You know, it'll say, do this, this works best, you know, and, and here's the color, you have the colors and you know, that you can change, but it gives you a good look and feel. So you're not into the design world when you're trying to get your product out. So Sure. I mean, you know, um, as, a, as, a, as a coach, you know, when I was working in direct sales with, the, with folks that would sign up for a trial, you know, talking about best practices, and, and, and it really goes a long way, especially if you're a small business. You know, one of the common questions was, when's the best time of week to send? It's actually midweek, you know. You don't want to touch folks on Monday. They're probably loaded. Friday's same idea. They're thinking about the weekend. So midweek, midday, you know, little things like that. Subject line. You know, subject line is think about it. You receive X amount of emails in your inbox. How much time do you really spend? You're, you're going to give probably five seconds to each one, maybe even less. So your subject line really has to have a question and you answer it within the email itself. Subject so, line, huge. Absolutely yeah, it's everything. Huge. So, I mean, that conversation that I would have, and, I, and, and it was just one of those things where you, you know, I learned and learned, and, and our products really, of course, you know, helped out, of course, in the end, but, you know, it's having that conversation, and nothing better than hearing, you know, from them the next week, oh, we made so much money, folks love it, it looks very professional, you know, so I, I love that about the job. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? I do uh, commercial real estate marketing for a um, customer, and for some reason... We get great numbers on Friday afternoon. And when we do video, we'll get, and we point it to a YouTube video, we get a huge open rate, a huge click-through rate. One video we had within, you know, 18 hours, we had 125 views of this video of a property. So each industry is different. Because who would think Friday afternoon that they right. have consistently tested, and if we send on a Friday afternoon around 2 o'clock, for whatever reason, the commercial real estate gets huge opens. But the video clicks every time we do it, not only for the commercial real estate, but for other things. We put a, a video on there, the click-through rate skyrockets. Denny says in the middle of the week for, for, for most, but maybe some industries are different, like Friday. Who would have right. thought? You know? 
Absolutely. That's absolutely true. Industry by industry. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go through our FAQs at constantcontact.com, but, you know, it's it's amazing how you mentioned real estate, and then, you know, just just, there's, there's industry by industry on the open rate. You know, a lot of folks think that, I should have an 80% open rate. Well, no, actually, the common, the average is about 25%. You know, so if you're getting there and above, that's great. You know, it's phenomenal. And so it's sort of understanding, you know, the basics of, of email marketing and, and not getting your hopes too high, but you know, understanding that, um, you know, this industry may be a little bit lower. So maybe the entertainment industry is, you know, 10, 15. So th- there's a great chart online that kind of you can compare your industry so that you're not feeling all blue if you got, you know, a, you know, an 8, 10% open rate as opposed to, you know, that that old 80%. So that doesn't happen too often, but could it's great ask, if it does. Could I ask a question? You talk about tracking, uh, Mildred, you said you saw it open on a Friday afternoon. Is that how it tracks? You can actually follow it day to day, you know, each day, time oh, of day? Oh, minute to minute. <laughs> oh, wow. It's fabulous. And, and not only that, you can see unique opens, and you can see some people, they'll go back in and open it, and an hour later, they'll open it again, and then they'll, you know, so you get you get all that information, which um, it's very exciting. It really is to see, you know, when you send an event invitation out or a regular email, the clicks and to see the people and who read it and how many times, you know. And you um, also see if they if they have uh, sent it off to another person, you know. Oh. Yep. Yep, the forward feature. Yep, yep. Yeah, okay. I'm getting You know, with that, so, that, that, uh, that, that, that <laughs> reminds me of target marketing. You know, when, mm-hmm. you know, you had mentioned um, that you can see who clicked on what link. So a good example uh, is if I own a pet shop, right? I own a pet shop, and there's dog lovers, there's cat lovers, there's fish lovers. Now, if I send an email about, you know, you know dog lovers love their dogs. So if I send an email targeting just the folks that I know only bring in dogs, better chance of open rate, better chance of them caring about what I send. So really, you know, understanding who your audience is and separating them out really makes a huge difference on your return on investment, of course, when that email gets sent out. Just another thought. Okay. Good to know. I'd like you to comment on, um, I think sometimes, uh, you know, especially people who are just starting out sending emails, you know, it takes, it's got to be perfect. Perfect. And yes, you want all your links to work. Yes, you do. You want your titles to be right. You want your content spell checked and everything else. But occasionally things happen where you make a mistake. And um, what's your what's constant contact thoughts on that? I mean, I I think you know. Oh well, there's you. All the big people, make, big companies, big brands make mistakes. And then they send out another me- uh, email. Oops, sorry, you know. Exactly, exactly. You know what, Mildred? That's a good question because, you know, we're only human. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. And a lot of folks that I talk to for the first time when they're, you know, it, it can be nerve-wracking. You know, you're, this is your business. This is your baby. You know, no matter how long you've been in business, you want to represent this professionally. What I always say is keep it simple. You know, if you think about a business, you know, you're a business and say maybe it's T-shirts, all right? You're, you're, your sweatshirts, T-shirts, that's your industry. You're the professional in that. So have confidence in what you do. You probably have 10, 15 common questions, you know, that always come in. Take those 10 questions and spread them out over 10 months. You've got your 
yourself 10 months worth of email. Don't throw it all in the first email. So I think it's one of those things where you're the professional. You know what you want to talk about. You know, going back to what you said originally, hey, a mistake's a mistake. You know, your audience is, you know, any email marketing audience is just that. They're, they're, they're your friends. They're your family. They're your customers. They're folks that like what you do. They open your email. So to send that oops email is just, hey, hey, made a mistake. Here's the, here's the real answer. And, and have fun with it. You know, I think it's one of those mm-hmm. things where it goes back to we're only human. And, and just like anybody, they're not going to look at it as spam. They'll, you just put it in the subject line, hey, it's me again. Sorry. <laughs> Positioning incentive is definitely something people either, you know, want or even look forward to if you can get it going in that direction, which is good. Don't tell the whole story, I guess, or, or if you can, at least be innovative enough to have other things come up afterwards. Here, but that's something that's changing, and we'll have the answer to that. Right. I'd like to make a comment about two uh, open rates and and uh, two two real estate type comments, but they they really relate to everything. You can keep sending something a real estate email if they don't need real estate right now. They might not click and open, but they're not opting out, which is another thing you should talk about in a minute. But when they need real estate, they're going to click on that email. And so you don't have to feel, as long as if somebody opts out, that's almost good because they said, no, we're not interested. Okay, you're not wasting anybody's time. Even if they're not opening it, they might not need real estate for nine months. But then when they do, that's the email comes, they will contact you. So that's the first thing. And in and I learned about segmenting because we would send a real estate email, uh, a little uh, article for buyers, for sellers with a link. So we tried to offer either a checklist or a document, something like that. They might click on something to buy where you would go, I had no idea, but maybe they know somebody so that then they'll forward it. So. You get a tremendous amount of information as far as what people are looking for by what they click on. Do you want to talk about opting out uh, and explain that just a little bit? Sure. So that well, one, uh, one of the things you touched on, one of the things you touched on is, is, is just, then I'll get to opt out, is, you know, if, if you're in the real estate industry, just like you said, you've sold a house, you know, my wife still gets, you know, uh, listings from the real estate, and we've got a beautiful house. We've been here almost a year, uh, next month, actually, and, you know, for for her, it's you know, it's not necessarily that we want to buy another house, but it's hey, let me look for my cousin, let me look for my friend. So essentially, you know, that real estate agency mm-hmm. is staying top of mind for my wife, and mm-hmm. really for any right. business. You know, if you purchase, right. you know, if I go to uh, any business and I purchase weekly, monthly, yearly, it, you know, a good example is a landscape company. Maybe they don't do plowing in the winter, but they they will be back in the spring and whatnot. So you're just simply staying top of mind um, so that folks mm-hmm. don't forget about you because it's very easy with all the competition out there to say, yeah, you know what, I'll get my hair cut somewhere else. You know, if that barber stays on mm-hmm. top of you with some great discounts, good chance he's going to keep coming back. There's a, 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 mm-hmm. a in Lexington, Massachusetts, there's a, a great um, uh, fl- a florist. They use constant contact bonus. Um, they're near my wife's work. I always, you know, have them deliver flowers to her. They keep top of mind. Had they not taken my email address in the beginning, I probably would say, eh, you know, I'll go to the whatever the national one is. And But I, I stay true to those folks because, you know, they keep those emails coming. I see some great deals. So top of mind is really mm-hmm. key. Um, the opt-out. Mm-hmm. So in accordance with the can spam laws, so we talked about a little bit earlier where there was the Wild West there in the, in, in the, in the 2000s where, 
folks were just purchasing lists and sending, and, 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 and you had no chance of getting off a list. So with Constant Contact, there's the safe unsubscribe feature. So if you're, if you're in accordance with the CAN-SPAM laws, there's a physical address at the bottom of the email. There's the ability to opt out of the email, of course. So with one click of the button, if you receive a Constant Contact email, and maybe you just don't want it anymore, or maybe there's, there's many reasons why you want to opt out, but that one click will get you off of that uh, sender's email list. So there's no worries. Constant Contact will then take your email, drop it into what's called a do not mail list, so you will not receive emails from those folks uh, again. So it's, it's a very fluid, easy process, especially for the sender, because a lot of folks that are collecting email addresses just want to make sure, oh, they didn't want to be on the list, so I really don't want to send to them again. And that's really critical. So we take care of that, that, that hard part of get, get those folks into a specific list, even if you try to put them back in. And again, as a constant contact user, a system won't allow it. So it's really, it's, it's peace of mind for you, the sender, that you're not sending to folks that opted out. They can join the list. They just have to go on because I've had people do it accidentally. Mistakes, and yes. You, yes. yes. Uh, but you can just then click on join my mail. They can join my mailing yep. list and they can go back on. I just was wondering if there's a limit to the number of people you can send an invitation to, or uh... there is there, there is no limit. So we have we have constant contact users in the millions, oh. Um, oh. and yeah, we have folks. That, you know, so it it, it scans. You know, that we have a range of folks with huge lists all the way down to our average list size is probably around 501 to 2500 in that sort of range there. But yeah, there's really no no sort of cap, well, and it's okay. unlimited sending with our products too. So that's another good thing about our pricing when it comes to, you know, as a small business, there's there's flat rates depending on what your tier is, how many total contacts that you have. And you can send as often as you want. You know, I wouldn't recommend sending every day, but you know, right. if you wanted to, you could. And, and it's a flat rate. Okay. Right. I guess the biggest problem here is that what we're talking about is a, in, in the Wild West 2000s, there was an erosion that went on that kind of did a mindset with a lot of people, and uh, and they were sort of you know uh, put off by it. And that's the one thing that I keep telling Mildred uh, that even though you may want to get that reminder out, wait. You know, don't don't make it look and desensitize your audience by making it look like junk mail. Right. Every day can't be a sale, and we're giving away the store. Which are the ones that have been good to me in the past? Right. They, right. they they came straight forward. They they told me something that they needed to know, and then they shut up they, <laughs> and, and let me make my mind up. Yeah, yeah that sounds maybe crude, but it's true. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, what, is, what you you probably have the stats on what's the time rate for somebody to look at an email and go, uh huh, no, uh huh, no, uh huh. Yeah. You know, three seconds, <laughs> point two, point one. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, you know, it's it's one of those things where I think, as any business, and with coaching, and, and, and once again, constant contact coaching helps out. Is you know, if you map out your full year, you can look at all the holidays. Love people love receiving emails from you know folks that they've done business with. So you map it out where. You're right. You're, you can have a sale every week, every month. I mean, it's one of those things where it's okay if you skip a month. It's you know you don't have to send every month. But you're right. I mean, if you're going to send, you just want to make sure it's relative content. Nothing worse than a lot of the, the bigger chain companies. If you sign up for their email list, you get pounded two, three, four times a week. Yeah, where that's and, overwhelming. And, and it's sometimes you get so you know inured by it, or sometimes put off by it that even when you're in the market for that, you go. No, not them, because then they're going to kill me with another email for the next three, you know, months. Yep. So many. I think one one thing that small independent business people don't do is do that yearly big picture plan, um, because you don't wait till November for Christmas, you know. And it's like if you're not used to doing that, 
you don't plan out. And so I think it does help, um, but I don't, I think that's one thing sometimes people resist. They don't, they don't chart their content for a year. And I think it's very useful. I mean, um, we've developed a few, I have complex ones. I mean, I love Microsoft Projects, so I go out into, you know, project land there. But, uh, you know, I've got finally a simple chart with your primary content, your secondary content, and, and when is your event, and so when do you start mentioning it, and, and the target market as far as your primary target market, that then if you plan it out, it works really well. Well, I'll put that on, on Pinterest and Facebook because I really found, I think I finally have one that isn't so complex. Marie, you have any other questions? No, thank you. This is really very uh, eye-opening. What about building your list, Maria? How are you going to build your list? Well, you I, I have, of course, my my uh, personal lists that I'll be sending out. And uh, I I always, um, when I talk about how I want to do this, I, I uh, you know, and people are always so curious, you know, what is that? Well, tell me about it. And I always say, well, why don't you give me your email address, and when I finally get my act together, I'll email you with some information on it. And people are very willing to, to give me their email address if they're interested. So I've got a list of uh, potential attendees, and mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll start with that. Mm-hmm. How else would you suggest I get myself uh, a list? <laughs> My what recommendation when it comes to that is don't purchase a list. <laughs> Last oh, no, thing to no, do. No, I yeah, no, I, I understand. Know, yeah, well, yeah. you know what? When I when I hear the conversation, especially with newer businesses, you know, Denny, how you know how do I get set up? Uh, how do I start? You know, especially if they're at you know just zero email addresses. Well, I always start with friends and family, folks that know right. you the best. Start right. with them, and and you know you start there, right? And then as your business grows, you know, th- you know, especially with social media. I mean, geez, only go back you know, five years where, you know, Facebook and Twitter aren't where they are now, where, you know, if you've got a cousin or a friend or a customer or anybody that has 500 friends on Facebook and they're pushing out, hey, uh, so-and-so over here is a, a, a friend of mine, a family member, and they have a brand new business, here it is, check it out. The, check out their latest newsletter. You know, they're getting a recommendation from somebody they know. So that's 500 folks saying, hey, this is a great new business. Check it out. Click here for more information. So the social media age and, and that push, I mean, what a major difference it is. And, you know, it's, it's that, that, that bullhorn, you know, of saying, hey, brand new business over here. I recommend them. This is what they do, X, Y, and Z. So I, I think, you know, start with that. Always ask for the email address. Just like you said, you right. know, especially at the point of sale or, or really, hey, how was your visit? You know, you know sign up for our newsletter uh, on our website or, or, or Pen and paper, right, right there at the at the point of sale, and, and and really go ahead, fill it out. You know, this is what you'll get. You know, not only just join our mailing list, but here's what we send out. We send out tips. You know, we send out this or that. And so I think it's you know for especially nowadays, a lot of folks are guarded with their email address, where it's like, well, why do you want it? Are you right, going to send yeah. me 50 emails a week? It's really make it clear to them this is what we send to you. May it be you know content on, or, or copy that's on your your website or or you. Manu- or actually physically telling them this is what we'll send you, you know. So I think folks like to know what, what's coming their way. Right, and Absolutely. most importantly, like we were talking about, stay true to that and don't upset their a- Apple card by going, oh, we can send them another 50. No, 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 don't do that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because people say, oh, well, no, they I'm, won't I'm, mind. You know? Yeah, I'd like to make a comment as far as the structure of the email. In, and I think every email you do, 
especially if you use the archive feature so that it can be online, is you include a picture in it, and then it can go to people can post it to Pinterest. And you can not only can you post it to your Pinterest board, other people can then repost it or post right from them getting it to to Pinterest. So, you know, um, I think that's a, a tip that adds a whole additional dynamic to and legs to the email so that people can repost it. So you put you make sure you have a picture that people can then click on and post to Pinterest. Um, one thing, uh, Danny, we were talking about, we also, we do blog talk radio and then we also do uh, Google Hangouts. And uh, you're, you haven't uh, done a Google Hangout and the, so we were going to chat about that just for a few minutes. Um, what that, what you can do when you set up an event on Google for a Hangout, you can broadcast it live. So you could have up to nine other people on a video conference. You can, and also share documents. And if it's a, a, a live event, Google will tape it, download, the, download it, convert it for you, and then it will go onto your YouTube channel. So you could even use your email uh, in a Google Hangout and then any taping you can do, training. Um, and then it tapes it and uploads it to Google for you. So we're, uh, we're going to do one with you shortly, you know, within two, three weeks. We'll schedule one, make sure you're set up, and we'll do a little content, you know, constant contact overview on that. Too, with some live examples, um, uh, we could uh, and and have uh, a sweepstakes for you know people to be on with us. Aside from our sweepstakes for Facebook, that we'll do for uh, a video for people. So sure, that'd be great. Yeah, it, it's it's excellent because sharing the documents. I mean, you can do training and conferencing and team meetings. So, I mean, the technology is just huge. Um, and uh, so Mildred, you're, you're veering away from constant contact with this Googleizing now, please. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Uh, he and I, because I, I want him to do I that know, so I'm we can do some examples. I know. But I would okay. like to ask, because we are coming up to the hour, I think. As, uh, Denny, uh, conventionally, things have really not changed too much with uh, the emails, even constant contact. Can you share with us what we might be looking at in the future from constant contact, something a little different or something that's earth-shattering that we should all know about? <laughs> well, I think, you know, with the foundation, which I consider email marketing, you know, that's always evolving. You know, the editor itself, the, the, what they call the WYSIWYG editor, what you see is what you oh, get, is very user-friendly. WYSIWYG? <laughs> I know, believe me, the current term I, I learned years ago. Um, but, you know, the editor itself is an environment that's always being updated. I mean, you know, especially with all these social media platforms coming in, the integration, the ability to, you know, the simple share. So we're always building that. So I, and I think, too, 
you know, the, there's 450, 500 something templates in there where we're phasing out a lot of the older ones and a lot of the newer ones with just the much more clean, crisp, professional look and feel. So we're evolving, you know, the, the email product. Um, I didn't know I think, if it was going into a mobile aspect at all that we, you know, might have more graphics perhaps or uh, just something oh, a little sure. different. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, you know, with that being said, you know, 50% of emails are being opened uh, or whatever the number is somewhere around there on, on your, your iPhones and, 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 you know, on your, on your mobile devices where, you know, I think that's where we're, we're, you know, where really the next step is fully integrating that, you know, over to an email's created. It's then, of course, optimized specifically for, for the phone. And, you know, there's so much going on in the back end with, with Constant Contact. Recently, we just updated our contacts management tool um, where, you know, for, for years you had a, you know, basic sort of import system of, of your email addresses. Now we've really set it up so that ton of different improvements there. So it's really just this evolving process of, you know, each of the products that we have, tweaking them, listening to our audience, understanding the feedback, and then implementing that. And, you know, we used to do updates to our products, you know, when, when I first started in 08, um, you know, maybe every quarter, and now it feels like it's every other week or every few weeks uh, where we're, we're tweaking the product. So yeah, yeah. I guess you have to stay on top and have people get, you know, still maintain interest. Yeah, I, I'm very happy with the mobile templates. I'm switching over over all my basics, like especially with the commercial, I had an I had an okay format. I, I'm migrating them now to the mobile, and the same thing with the fundraising and the information for Mar Madrid is the same thing. The nonprofit stuff is is excellent, and and it gives you the four or five, so you have the volunteer one, you have the donation one, you have the thank you. And then you fill in your content, and it really and it matches. So uh, I'm I've been very pleased with you know all those changes. I sometimes wonder though anything more than a single column. It's almost like you want just a single column, and so you have to keep them shorter. You don't want this long single column. So, but it's good training. You don't have to figure it out. You guys figure out the width, and let me just put the right graphic in there. And you have excellent graphics as well as to use, so you don't have to come up with everything, your own graphics every time they're all there, royalty-free, you're done. So... I think the one thing that with Constant Contact, you create that template that you love. Either, you know, you have a, a solution provider such as Mildred or a partner help out, or you do it yourself. That is now complete. It's got the, it matches your website. It's got the same look and feel. You can then use that same template over and over each month. So it's a major time saver. So you're simply just swapping mm -hmm. out content. That's one thing I, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I really see a lot of folks say thank you. That really saved me a ton of time. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Even even with the new, like I say, the nonprofit, I, I just used the same thing and put in some of our pictures. I didn't change the colors. It all worked. It was it was simple and clean enough that I just made it work. You know, just folded in. Okay, we have a couple minutes. What we're going to do next is on our Blog Talk Radio Show at, uh, on Facebook, our page, we have our Pinterest board that we're going to put Denny's contact information on and links to get in touch with him. The same thing with uh, Maria, Tom, myself. And we are going to run a sweepstakes. We have the special 
anybody should just contact you directly if they're interested in being the solution provider? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. If you're looking to offer constant contact as a service as, as really over, you know, you know, a lot of marketing consultants and web designers that I work with, you know, they, they have, of course, other services they provide, but constant contact is a piece of it. Um, how large is really up to you. I can definitely help you, uh, you know, offer constant contact as a service. Okay. All right. We just got our little 90-second warning. So I, I really thank you. I mean, like I say, we want to do a Hangout so we can go over some of this, and then we'll have a video from it. Uh, any wrap-up comments, Tom, Maria? No, not from this end. I think I've got pretty much an overall comprehensive view of what we can do to become millionaires with the usage of constant contact in our daily email. No. <laughs> you know, the chef of the future of emails, you know. <clears throat> you can do the work of all of these, you know. I'm seeing more and more of them myself. It's funny <clears throat> doing the editing and whatnot, and uh, I now check other people's constant content. Oh, I see you couldn't get that to fit in there, huh? You should have put the picture over here. <laughs> Well, I thank you, Denny, so much, Maria, Tom. It's just been a pleasure. Doing live like this as a conversation is, you know, there might be a few more ums and ahs, but I I find it, I like the format. I like, anyway, well, thank you so much. We'll start posting. We're going to make a little video. We'll have it on our blogs. We'll have it on Facebook. Then you call Denny and ask him any questions. There you go. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Guys. Thank you so much. We really, Thanks, we really appreciate Pleasure. it. Thank you. Good night. All right. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye. Welcome to another chapter of Practical Social Media. We have quite an agenda for tonight. Halloween. How you can get the best out of your Spooktube videos. We refer to them as Quick Cuts. And we'll also talk about the New York State Realties Guidelines. Don't be scared. Be informed. Let the show begin. Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming to our special Halloween show for Practical Social Media. Let me introduce my my partner here, Mrs. Mildred Tassoni. Mrs.? Oh, you don't like Mrs.? I I didn't I didn't know that you put an axe in your <laughs> What we'd like to talk about tonight in relation to some of the seasonal stuff we've been doing for folks uh with quick cuts social media uh having it appear on YouTube on your Facebook page and maybe you've tried a few of these things yourselves and maybe we can help out with continuing that with a little more polished sound and look You're going to need a couple of things, like editing suites for audio and and video, but a lot of them you have already, and you may not even know it. You have a default recorder, if you're using a PC, called Sound Recorder, so you can edit very fundamentally. If you have a halfway decent microphone, you can plug it into your computer. Some of it you can plug right into your iPhone. And then if you can get a hold of some royalty-free music, probably off the Internet, making sure that it is truly royalty-free, you can lay a little soundtrack in with a uh, with an audio suite. I think you like Audacity. Yeah, it's free and it's easy to work with and gives you flexibility. Um, Tom, you'll, on our blog, uh, talk radio, Facebook page, you'll give us a couple of the free sound the music suites, if you if you don't mind, you'll post those for it. Sure. Um, that's what I have the most trouble with, is the music. So I like.
like to get all my programs opened, ready, and then just run them on through. And like we said, I am I like Audacity, so I can just it'll open it up. I use Movie Maker. I had your sound bite that I just put in, put the slides in, a little adjusting, and it did a pretty good job. Um, it even uploads to YouTube, or you create the audio of uh, the video. You're, you you know from that you download it, and when it comes to posting it on Facebook, I like to put them on YouTube and then put the link on Facebook. We found that it gives you a lot of flexibility that way and you get good response hits. You know who's looking at your video, where they come from, so you get the, the metrics behind your people looking at your YouTube videos. Do you want to talk a little bit, sorry I went off, but uh, talk a little bit about putting the sound behind it. YouTube has a simple thing to edit where you can bring it in and then fade it down and then have the sound. Do you have any tips for that? Yeah, I, I, I uh, actually became uh, a, a little bit more familiar with that with a couple of programs. I use Message Studio, which I do for a few clients and it automatically lowers and, and uh, raises the music between the text or the voiceover. It's kind of nice, mm-hmm. and uh, it's all done automatically. If you're not that well-versed on how to do that, that's the way to go. That's something we might be able to get to in another show, but for your own, uh, for the folks that are listening that want to do it now, a lot of times you can almost just use it through your speakers if you don't know how to really do it, and just use the gain on the speakers and just have it low or maybe have it a little higher at first and as you're going to get to the voice turn it down just a little bit and then come in with the text when you're done raise up the music stop and you got yourself a halfway decent production and at least it's a a little more polished it always amazes me as we're putting them together that Mm -hmm. you have it and it'll sound good with the voice and and what you're trying to say matching up the slides then when you add the music, it really, it just adds the whole dimension. Right. But uh, again, we were talking about, suppose you're doing for a charity, okay? Because a lot of us, and I think it's always good practice, do something for your volunteer organization, you're more relaxed, it's better, you know, you're, you're giving something that's more than that they had. So if you want to take a few pictures, and then add something behind it. Oh, give us a sample of what you did for Belmont last year. Uh, just with the Santa Claus? Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll play a cut with just the voiceover, and then right after that I'll play it with music so you can see the difference. Ho, 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 oh, hi, uh, Santa here. Uh, please don't forget the families of the backstretch who make... And here it is with music. Ho, 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 hi, the Santa here. Uh, please don't forget the families of the backstretch who make our great sport work. And you can see it's a big difference. We're working on one for this year for Belmont, so you'll be able to see that on their Facebook as well as as our Blog Talk Radio. But it gives it it just adds something. So that's why I always like to practice with my volunteer groups. Tom did a great job. You can check out some of the quick cuts and some of the videos we did for the New Hyde Park Museum at the New Hyde Park Street there. 
So Tom went around, interviewed the people, then brought it into, I think, Windows Movie Maker, added a little bit to it, and boom, you've got a nice video and a record. And the more you do it, the more you practice, the, the more proficient you get at doing it. And you get more, you just get more comfortable. Right. And then you can right. start using them more frequently. Right, and always have the, uh, with the objective, uh, as you get well-versed in it and more proficient, uh, always look ahead. Gee, how is this going to sound in the editing room? Always try to get it in the can. And, and I think it's time well invested. There's so many things that keep popping up, but there's certain basics. And I think uh, doing simple audio, simple video... Any skill you pick up, you're going to use. It's not going away. Uh, you know, it's not so, it's something that's a flash in the pan and YouTube's going away. So it's your time well invested because that's such an issue. You know, there's only so much time and so many things you can learn. So it's good practice. No, I was just saying you, you referenced a little bit about real estate. I, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about that and how that plays into it, into your end. Okay, so uh, I'll do that now Yeah. because it's very interesting. In New York State, they have set new rules up for social media where they had never addressed it before. So they've done some things for print cards, but now they've included all social media. So I'll summarize that what they want to do for the consumer is for anybody who's advertising real estate services, an agent, a broker, you're advertising rentals, you want to have your broker's logo, your broker's name on your card. It must have the address. It must have an office number. And if you use a cell number, so you have to have the uh, O in brackets for office and a C in brackets for your cell. You don't have to have on your business card the broker's website. You can have your website, but on your website, you must have a link to the broker's website. Any social site or website, you have to have the broker's name, their address, their office number and a link to the broker's website. And the whole purpose of this is for to pr protect the public and the consumer. So the consumer says, this is John Smith, real estate agent, but what brokerage? So it's either a small broker or a franchise broker, larger. So you would have to have that on there, and that's the whole purpose of it. So once you understand the logic of why, then you can go on your Facebook business page. They're telling you specifically, do not use your personal profile for real estate business. Didn't you also okay. say something about the, uh, the source, I guess it's nomenclature, where you can't use um, associates. You, you can have, like, maybe team or something like that. Right. Well, uh, yes, and, and a lot of uh, people have said, oh, we're the, the, well, actually, we're the, like, we use the island's home team. But now you have to say the island's home team and at or of what the brokerage is. Okay. So it identifies, and you have to also use the name that's on your real estate license. 
and these are these are big changes and it doesn't sound like much but so many people you have nicknames they've been using they say associates or anything but team you can say team but at the brokerage or of the brokerage okay. so it's, these are major changes for your cards your signs all your advertising and now not only your Facebook business page, but your Twitter business account, your Pinterest business account. It's a lot of work because I've been switching ours over and I've put together an ebook that goes over and has links to the exact materials from the state, the New York State uh, Association of Realtors. There's webinars, we've got links to that. I, I put together a checklist because that's what I'm using to go step-by-step step to make sure all the changes are made. Because it's not just cosmetic and it's not like they just would like you to do this. These are changes that will be monitored and also fines. If you don't do it properly, they can find the find the agent. They can find the broker. Wow! So it's an industry you don't want to give money away yeah. for a yeah. fine if you can avoid it. And so we've got two months. It goes into action January second, two thousand fourteen. So you might as well start making the changes now because every website, every blog, every Facebook page has to be changed your LinkedIn profile so it's I understand the logic I think it's good logic but it's it's going to require a lot of work people that have been doing real estate on their personal pages should really set up their business page and do it properly do it once it's done then you're done with it so okay. and on that note I think we're going to have to take off we're running a little bit out of time why don't you mention your uh, how people can get in contact with you, Mel? Okay, well, I've got our Blog Talk Radio page on Facebook. We've also got a Pinterest Blog Talk board that will have the reference material on. So those are the two best ways, and so we'll have uh, links to us and different topics. Coming up on the 5th, please don't miss our, our show coming up with uh, John Reed, the magician from Tricky Business in East Meadow. We'll be giving out details on that. If you'd like to get in contact with me, I'm on Facebook at slash Tom Clifford VO. My website is voiceoverguy.tv, and my business site is tcandcompany.com. Folks, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you didn't get too scared. Hello, everybody. This is Tom Clifford doing a special show on Blog Talk Radio for Practical Social Media. Today's segment is entitled Radio Magic. Yes, we have a magician on board today. And that be John Reed from Tricky Business in East Meadow. How are you, sir? Good. How are you, sir? Ah, not bad. Not bad. Just getting a few things in order to do a radio interview. I'm sure you've done millions of these things. <laughs> <laughs> at least a dozen. Yeah, at least a dozen. And I wanted to be able to say at one point, have a camel disappear right before your very eyes on radio. 
<laughs> Sorry for the tangent there, but you know what was interesting to me, and I, I think Mildred saw the same thing, was that as an accomplished magician, you have a pretty good understanding of your social media. We try, actually. I've, uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by, by it myself to begin with, but it's really been helpful. It's, it's, it adds the personal connection. The one that seems to do the best for us is Facebook. It is, okay. Uh, for, for a number of reasons. One, it's the one that I'm most comfortable using myself, so the more I use it, the more response I get from it. Uh, the other thing is, I feel like there's something, when, when you click on somebody that they're your quote-unquote friend, it's like a certain level of acceptance. It's, it's a, a level of personal commitment they've made to want to know about you, um, which is the same for most social media, but for some reason on Facebook, you're allowed to share not just pictures, but pictures, videos, thoughts, and you also get to see like a network, um, and I feel that it's it's... People take pride in, in setting up their pages. They put pictures of their family up there. Right, they sort right. it out, and it's it's a you know a virtual representation of them. It's a it's a little scrapbook of their life uh, that people like to to share. And in doing so, those friends that do cool things, they want to they want to prove to the world, like, hey, it's it's uh, social proof. They get to say, hey, look at my friends. Look at how cool my friends are. I right. can I can sort of live vicariously through my friends by sharing their posts. You know, you're busy in your own life, and you you can't really get online to to put things up on Facebook, you can say, but look at the people around me, the cool things they're doing. They took a picture at this event that I was too busy to do anything with. They tagged me in it, so you can you can even get out there, even if you can't get out there. Yeah, <laughs> so Somebody yeah. else helps you out. It's, it's more of a community thing, whereas I felt like Twitter is, uh, yeah, you can retweet what somebody else does, but it's hard to really represent your friends. YouTube is videos, but, you know, on Facebook, you can, you can write a paragraph. You can write a, a note talking about how great your day was. You can thank all the people that that sent you messages for your birthday. You can uh, talk about, you know, your your cousin who was born, and then, you know, photos will be coming soon, and it's sort of a, exactly. it's sort of a, yeah. a nice broad medium. Exactly. I was even thinking, as you were discussing that, shot into LinkedIn, where it's more corporate, it, it's sort of stoic, but you are using Pinterest. Uh, don't yeah. use it. I have it. I yeah. have it. <laughs> okay, um, okay. I also found it to be distracting and time-consuming. The thing about Facebook is I can decide who I want to, whose posts I want to see based right. on who puts things up that I care about, um, and I can set the, the um, I can set the settings so that I really get the information I want. I can send out the information I want to who I want to send it to, and, uh, you know, I, I can break it down. So uh, this is a thing that's primarily interesting to the people who are my friends who are magicians, so I'm only going to send it out for my magician friends mm -hmm. because the people who I know who are in my family may not care. Um, right, also, right. you know, these are you know this is a, this is relevant to somebody I went to high school with. So I'm just going to let anybody I went to high school with see this post, so that we can all kind of reminisce about our high school days. Sure. Um, whereas Pinterest, I feel it's sort of like you're, you're just flipping through albums upon albums upon albums to find something that you like to tell people you like this, so that they can do the same thing. Um, and it's the, the filters are not as easy or intuitive for me. And okay. that's, again, that's just me. I think it's really great, but I also find that in order for me to get something out of Pinterest, I have to put in a lot of time. Okay, okay. Whereas Facebook, I can just I can hop on my phone, hop on my iPad, hop on my computer, make a post. If I'm sitting in line waiting to buy groceries, I can pull out my phone, I can see what's going on on Facebook, and then put it away. Right. If I didn't like anything or didn't want to see anything, no energy was... I can stop with Facebook at any point. With Pinterest, I feel like... I need to have a half hour to sit down and look through all this stuff. Yeah, you have to work it, so to speak. There is a dichotomy, too, with all of this stuff. One is your personal pages and influences, and the other is the business side, or your Absolutely. business page. 
Absolutely. It's, it's, it, it, I, for me, I feel that everything interfaces with Facebook very nicely, so it's sort of like a great melting pot for all the other social media things. For instance, my Twitter, I might only tweet maybe once a week, twice a week. Right, right. But according to Twitter, I tweet two, three times a day because I have it linked to Facebook. So whatever I put on Facebook, it pops it out on Twitter. Right, right. Yeah, and, and it does it automatically with 140, doesn't it? I think it yeah, consolidates it. Yeah, it, it'll, it'll yeah. shrink it down, and then mm-hmm. if it can't fit, it sends a link to take you to my Facebook, which is just doing more advertising for Facebook. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> uh, speaking about a little advertising for yourself, maybe, and letting our, our, our listeners understand what you do, could you give us a little uh, elevator pitch? If <laughs> you got a yeah, second? sure. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm a magician and a balloon artist. Uh, I've done events for celebrities. I've, I've worked the White House every 4th of July making balloons for the president and 1,200 of his closest friends. That is the coolest. <laughs> I, I, I saw that on Facebook, it's, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's a good party. Um, I, I, people say, oh, like a balloon artist, do you mean you make like dogs and swords? Yeah, Not right. exactly. The right. stuff that I make are larger scale installations. Uh, I've made sculptures of cars, life-size cars and motorcycles. I've made an Empire State Building that was 25 feet tall. Um, I make I made a cruise ship for Disney that was uh, 23 feet long. Really? I make dresses that women can wear all out of balloons. So That's uh, how we uh, first met, I think, at, uh, I think it was Cape yeah. Pachos, where you were doing yep. a dress for Joanne Winkert. That's correct. Yeah. It was a Sandy Relief Fund, yeah. yeah. And, and that, and that was, it was, it's a lot of fun for me because people get to see something they wouldn't normally expect can even be done. So there's a, a little bit of a fun moment for me where people go, those are balloons, like real balloons? Yeah, right, right. And, right. you know, I get a, a lot of the same questions all the time. Well, how did you learn? How long have you been doing it? Where's your inspiration come from? Which is nice because some people, not just myself, but other people find, find it a little uncomfortable to start a conversation. This gives them a wide open door for them to come in and start a conversation and be social. And that's one of the things I love about my, my job and my life. I get to make people smile and create moments that are magical. Even, you know, if I'm doing a magic show and a magic trick, yeah, there's a magic moment. But when you make a dress for somebody and they get to wear the dress and all of a sudden they have a piece of clothing that no one ever else, no one else will ever be able to wear because once it's done, it's done. Yeah, yeah. Um, they feel special. They feel like a, I've had a number of women say, I feel like a princess. <laughs> yeah. You also go in the, uh, in the other direction with, I think each month I was reading on your Facebook page, yep. you have a beginner's balloon workshop. We do a monthly workshop every Every month we do a workshop where we teach people how to do the basics just to get their feet wet. Uh, you know, they learn the dog, the sword, the flower, the crazy twisty hat, the bumblebee. Uh, they get a kit, and it's guaranteed. I've, I've always said it's guaranteed. If I can't teach you how to make these things before you leave, you don't pay. And I have yet to give anybody their money back. And it's, it's guaranteed for life. Mine, of course, not theirs as long as I'm alive. And you can find me. I'll teach you everything you learn in the balloon twisting workshop. It's from ages three up to, a, you know, I had one person come in. They were 93 years old. Balloons. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You hear what yeah. I was saying half the time, but they were they were into it, and it's amazing. <laughs> Three-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 60-year-olds, they all pretty move, much move at the same pace. It's, there's a learning curve to balloons, and there's something just, you know, the grown-ups have this fear of them popping, so right, they, right. that slows them down, and the kids have smaller hands, so that slows them down, so everybody moves at the same pace. Um, so it's really nice. We do, uh, usually every month, every six weeks, we do what we call the balloon jam, which is sort of free-for-all, BYOB, bring your own balloons, where you can come in and sit down with a bunch of other people who like balloons, and you can make, you can not make, you can learn, you can teach, you can share the things that you kind of been working on, uh, or you, you want to learn how to make, you know, a duck, and you don't know how to make a duck, and you haven't found anything on YouTube, you can ask everybody there, does anybody here make a really good duck? Yeah, and inevitably, yeah. two or three people will go, yeah, this is what I do. I was going to ask you more about the magic auctions, and uh, and I, we, I was going We did one auction uh, recently in September. We'll probably do them only every few months, maybe yeah. six months, eight months, uh, because we, we have to get people, let people have 
times build them up. But yeah, you get a lot of people who buy magic tricks and they use them for a while and then they decide, well, it's not really my style, I don't want to do it, or they've outgrown it. But it's, it's a, such a rare art that you have this, you know, magic prop or magic book that's kind of valuable, but who do you sell it to? It's not like you can really put it on Craigslist. Right, right. Um, right. So we gave people the opportunity to empty out their closets, put a little coin in their pocket, and make sure it went to the right people. So you're not just taking these books and either donating them to charity where they're going to end up, who knows. You know, it sort of circulates amongst the community, so now you have a kid who couldn't afford that prop that he really wanted, and a guy who has the prop that doesn't want it anymore, and we put those two people together. Oh, I see, because I really wasn't sure what that was about. It's, it's nice, and the community really actually uh, supported it. Uh, I was very happy with the outcome. The, uh, I'm not the first guy to come up with this idea. I mean, I, I've been going to auctions for years, specifically magic, you know, magic auctions, and it's how I was able to get into the business early on. I was able to learn a lot more because I was able to afford books that mm -hmm. I wouldn't have otherwise been able to get. Right, right. I had access to tricks that had been discontinued, so I couldn't even buy them anymore. They didn't exist anywhere. So even if I had the money, I couldn't get them. In fact, I still one of the effects that I used in my show, I bought it at an auction 14 years ago. <laughs> I've, I've bought three since, but I, I, you know, just as backups, but I'm still using the original one. That's the fave, yeah. yeah. What, what's more about your magic that, that you can let our listeners know about? Is there areas that you'll be performing locally? Um, I do mostly schools and libraries. I mean, I, I have done uh, private, I do a lot of private party work as well, but my, my, my bread and butter comes from uh, schools and libraries. That's where I first saw, you know, magic shows when I was a kid, and I think that sort of got ingrained in me. And that's what I like to do. I like, I like to go to schools. I like to go to libraries. I like to, you know, share my stuff with that age audience, you know, um, mostly family, family audiences, children's, you know, 5 to 10 and their families. That's sort of my area of uh, expertise. Okay, and they consist of usually a, a, an hour show of some sort? In a you show, know. I bring yeah. up a bunch of kids throughout the show, and uh, my big finale at the end, I usually like to surprise them. Um, but I, I levitate one of the children. That's our big ending. Yeah, uh, really? <laughs> so you can make a camel disappear. <laughs> well, yeah, well, uh, one hump, not two. Actually, if you go onto our Facebook or if you go onto our website, trickybiz.com, there's a, a little movie with a commercial for my magic show. And uh, there's there's a point where you can see the child is actually levitating, and they don't realize it's happening. They just think they're, they don't realize what's going on. So at the end, I show them a picture that we take of it. I print out a little digital picture. They can see that they were floating. So you get two really cool Kodak moments for me. I get the one where the child is floating, and I get to see the audience. Yeah, sure. And I get the sure. one a few minutes later when we show the child the picture, and their eyes fall out of their head, and they go, oh my gosh, it was floating. So for me, it's like a double whammy. <laughs> I get I get two, two, two moments for the price of one. All right. It reminds me of a book by uh, by Ricky Jay, I guess. I was mm -hmm. Learned Pigs and Fireproof Women. Fireproof Women, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's gone on to be a, a, a notable actor now in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Actually, he's still a very accomplished magician. He's a very, very good thinker, and he surrounds himself with some incredible talent. Um, and he's he, one of the gifts he has which a lot of magicians don't, is we, we, a lot of us will see somebody else do a magic trick and we go, I want to be like that guy. I want to do that trick. So yeah. we go out and we learn that trick and we realize that that trick doesn't fit our character. One of Ricky Jay's best qualities is he finds magic that works very well for him. Okay. So on top of it being really solid effects with a great premise and a good plot line, when you see him do it, you think clearly this guy has been doing this trick for 20 or 30 years because yeah. it just fits his personality so well. It's just so organically him. And that's one of the, one of the things I admire about him the most. What caught my eye also on Facebook, man, I'm getting tired of just saying Facebook, <laughs> uh, is it a corporate magician, Anthony Linden? Anthony or? Linden, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, what, what's a corporate magician usually do? Or, uh, have you done that? I've done, I've done a handful of them, but it's not my specialty. Okay. Uh, where you'll stand at a trade show booth and you'll try and get people to come over to look at whatever it is you're doing so that in effect, 
it's like fishing. You get them over to the booth, and it gives the chance for the people who are selling whatever it is that's at the trade show booth to give their pitch. Yep. Uh, because you're walking through an arena with thousands and thousands of people selling stuff. Why should you stop? One, right. one booth looks just like the next. But if you see a guy doing card tricks, and he manages to get you to come over to the booth, and while you're there, he slips in a message that, oh, yeah, and if you sign up for this and get on our email list, you could win $1,000 and we'll give you free shipping on whatever product we're selling. Well, you got a better chance of making a connection with that person than just screaming at them as they walk by. Sure. So sure. That's, that's, you know, that's primarily what uh, corporate magicians do or sales meetings where you're just trying to get a bunch of salesmen pumped up for the rest of the, the quarter. Um, he'll do an effect and maybe reveal the new product that they're releasing in a magical way. And, and it's obviously a little something different from the norm. So bring, right, you it's know. not a guy pulling a rabbit out of a hat. He might, you know, if it's, right. he's working for say Canon, he might pull a camera out of a hat. Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, sure. Plug that logo. By the way, would you like anybody to be on your emailing list? And we will have a little section in a couple of minutes where you can throw out most of your uh, contact information, all your websites and Facebook jazz, but. You know, we, we not only, I'm not only just a performer, we have a family of performers here, and I call them my family because they're not staff. These are people that we get together, we talk about the business on a regular basis outside of work. People will be out living their lives, their personal lives, and all of a sudden I'll get a text going, I saw this thing, it made me think of this idea that we should implement in the store or maybe do at parties, and they, they all have a, a real vested interest in the business, which is nice because when you love what you do for a living, it's, you don't really work as hard. It's, it doesn't seem much like work, and I have I have an incredible team. And if you if you go and you ever look on the website, you can see all the people that work here and all the incredible things that I, that we've accomplished together. It's not just it's not just one person. From my theater digs here, it's a it's a collaborative effort. Yeah, it's it's funny. We don't have to look for employees. Usually, they find us. We put out a, a pretty pretty solid feel of what we want out of our our business, and the right people sort of appear. I, uh, all of a sudden, somebody will go, you know, who should work for you? I'm going to give them your number, and they're going to call you. And you're going to want to hire them, and and usually they're right, and that's how we've gotten most of the people that work here. I don't I don't take out ads on on the internet. I don't put ads in papers. Right. You know, help wanted. Usually they come to me and go, I think this is the right kind of place for me, and it's nice. And speaking of place, uh, you guys are located in East Meadow. Uh, we're here every day, uh, every uh, every week. We're here on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, Fridays and Saturdays, okay. from twelve to seven, and then whatever other special events that we have scheduled. And that's uh, in East Meadow, right on Hempstead Turnpike. It's my hometown. I, uh, I moved away a bunch of times, and keep, the town keeps sucking me back in. I'm back in East Meadow in my hometown where I was born and grown up. And then we're also at different restaurants, making balloons tableside. All of our artists go out to different restaurants. We're at uh, four different restaurants on Long Island, on the border in Hicksville, on the border out in Holtzville, Denny's in Levittown, and the Texas Roadhouse right across the street from the store in East Meadow. So if you go onto the website or onto the Facebook page, you can see what days we're at the different restaurants. And then, like I said, I, I do some public events, a lot of schools, a lot of libraries, so people should keep their eyes open and see if we're going to be in the town near theirs. And if we're not, uh, call up your local school or library and tell them you want to see us. Uh, here's a nice tidbit I picked up on your website. You guys were selected as Best of Long Island? The store got nominated for uh, Best Hobby Shop. The entertainment side of the business got Best Party Event Planner, uh, Party Event Company, because we do send out magicians, face painters, clowns, balloon artists. I even have a stilt walker part-time. Oh, really? Um, so we send out a lot of party entertainers. And uh, and then, uh, believe it or not, I got nominated for Best Artist. That's pretty cool. Good for you, man. I, I'm up against some incredibly talented people, and they're all, mostly they're all painters or sculptors. They're, they're painters with, you know, acrylic paints or oil paints. And uh, I'm the only balloon artist, which is kind of neat. 
and part of me is excited because I, I want to I want to win the award so I can justify it to my mother that I went through six years of college to become a clown. <laughs> uh, and the other part of me wants to just show other artists who are working in different mediums people do appreciate it and to think outside the box and try different things. I mean, I'm not the first guy to twist balloon animals by far, but I like to think I'm one of the people that's taking it the farthest. Yeah, it's all in the delivery, of course. Sleight of hand. Yep. My <laughs> Could you always said, whatever you do with yourself, you'd be the best at it. And she was probably hoping for a lawyer or a doctor. So well, the moral of the story there is if you're going to tell your kids to follow their dreams, you should really be specific. Yeah. Yep. Could Could you give us some of your uh, some of your social media people yeah, sure. can find uh, you? Uh, the, the, my favorite, uh, the, the first place to get us is right at our website. Uh, that's trickybiz.com, T-R-I-C-K-Y-B-I-Z.com. And that can give you links to pretty much everything we do. But Facebook is the way to find us. We're, on, uh, we're under Tricky Business on Facebook. Okay. Uh, we're under Tricky Business on Twitter. And we are under Tricky Business with two I's. So it's T-R-I-I-C-K-Y-B-I-Z on uh, Instagram. Okay. Uh, the Facebook, it, uh, you know, not to plug Facebook too much, but uh, Facebook is a way to get to us. Uh, we put up links to all the different social media that we have regularly. So if people find us on Facebook, they'll find the other things. If you're a Twitter person... Uh, check out Facebook anyway, and you'll you'll find the links to us. Sure. Um, the people are on YouTube when they're listening to this. Pretty much the same uh, idea or branding. Yep, tricky business. Okay, cool. This is going to be a good show. I would just like to take this opportunity to thank that family of mine that I have upstairs. I mean, like you, you've mentioned now twice, Caitlin. She is the uh, the glue that holds us together right now. She is a phenomenal manager. She runs she runs not just the shop but my life to make sure that I can keep everything running smoothly. We have Caitlin. We have uh, Lone, who's basically the uh, the guy who looks at things and problem solves. He's just a friend of mine I've had around for 15 years, and uh, he comes in, he can look things up and down and go, yeah, you know what? I can fix that. <laughs> this will shave 10 minutes off of your time, and we should do that, and it'll keep things organized. Yeah. I've got uh, Chris. Chris Smith is a manager of my store. He keeps on track of all the products we have out there. I have Justin, who's one of my top balloon twisters. I have Tara, who's actually out on maternity leave, but uh, she was one of our balloon twisters. Brandon, Vanessa, Olivia, Jackie. These are all people that have come through in the past few years. We have a, fr a friend of mine we call Mama Magic. She comes in and she uh, she helps us learn how to deal with the younger children doing magic. Jen Hansen. We have, we have a bunch of people that have come through over the years that have just been a phenomenal support system, and not just great employees or great coworkers, but really great friends. So even even when people leave, they usually uh, come back to say, hey. A family of fun right yeah, here we, in East like Meadow. We think we put the fun in dysfunctional, but yes. <laughs> okay. I saw that in a bumper sticker once. <laughs> I think it was your car. No. Yeah, it could have been. Well, thanks but, uh, so much, John, for coming around, in. And, uh, hopefully we'll see uh, you and a couple of other people around. And uh, if anybody wants to keep in touch, just like us on Facebook, friend us on Twitter, or, or, or stop in the shop and say, hey, we'd love to show you a magic trick, make you a balloon. Will do, man. Thank you so Thanks. much. Have a good one, sir. All right. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, that kind of wraps up our magic show for tonight. Stay tuned for further broadcasts with my partner, Mildred Tassoni, who will have more tips and guidelines for things that concern your business in a practical social media way. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.